Well, hello, Kai. Hello, Michael. <laughs> so this is our, uh, I guess, kind of our first live introduction. Yes, live in quotes, because this is the third time we're trying to record the live version <laughs> of it. <laughs> it's all a work in progress. Yeah. But definitely live as in we're actually literally standing out on a sidewalk outside of the Fisher Landau Center for Art in Long Island City. And you might hear, you might hear the sound of people in the background. Oh, no, you can hear it. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's art appreciators you can hear in the background. That's right. So it's a reception for the graduating Columbia MFA students, right? Yeah, which we both were at one point in time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's uh, exciting shows installed uh, for our photographers, including one who is a recent guest on uh, the podcast, Rachel Stern, right? Yeah, Rachel has a, a quite a, an interesting installation. Uh, it's sort of a fairy tale castle-like installation. It's quite large, and there's video yeah. Uh, running inside. She's actually and she's in the video, so if you uh, go see the show and she's not around, you'll be able to experience <laughs> as if she was here because right. she's uh, actually in the performing in the video itself. And we got to see how long those cut open papaya last. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we shall see. Uh, and this is the last year I think the thesis show is going to be here at the Fisher Landau Center of Art because the new Lenfest building. Uh, <laughs> We know it's live when you can hear the, uh, the, the scooter. Sound of the scooter. That's right. <laughs> uh, the next year should be at the uh, the Lenfest building, which is a new building opening at Columbia University. So, so all the the grad shows will be there from now on. Should as be, as far yeah. as you know, right? Yeah. What about the first year shows? Are they? Uh, they might also be there because the Wallet Gallery is moving there. Oh wow! Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll see. But um, so yeah, I'm excited to hear this new episode, which of you've edited together. So you probably heard it more than I have, but of. Uh, our, new, our next guest, Matt Stewart, all the way over from jolly old England, right? Yeah, so uh, street photographer Matt Stewart sat with us um, and, you know, revealed a, a whole bunch of things and asked us not to release the uh, show until he yeah. safely got back to England. Yeah, he, I think the word terrorist got brought up at least two or three times, which apparently has to do, which you'll hear in the episode about, uh, very stringent new rules and uh, laws in England about where you're photographing and how, and that he gets stopped by the police all the time. Yeah, I think things some of our listeners might have experienced after 9-11. Yeah, absolutely. I certainly did. I'm sure you did, too. Yeah, yeah. Photographing bridges and all, right? Right. Yep. And yeah. we talk about that in the show. So. Yeah, exactly. So that's great. Well, enjoy the show, everyone. Take care. We have. We have started. Although we will do a more official start. Let's, yeah. let's start from here, shall we? Yeah, we sure. <laughs> so here we are at Columbia University with our guest, Matt Stewart. Hi, Matt. How you doing? All right. And uh, here with Kai McBride. Hey, hello. So why don't we start? You're, you're here on a, a book tour, right? A book tour, but I've also been doing um, some workshops for Leica. Um, and so I've come from an exhibition in Miami um a, and a book launch in miami uh, and a workshop in miami <laughs> and now i'm in new york i've just finished the workshop for like a over the weekend and um these are my sort of few free days oh well let's start with the with with the workshops what are, what are those like what what kind of uh format is it and and what do you do exactly so um we generally do it over a three-day period it's um sort of friday afternoon friday evening 
where we uh, meet and greet and uh, you know sit everyone round in a circle and do the kind of you know Alcoholics Anonymous thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. here because of hi. The my name yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I and bought a camera. Now I'm yeah. here. Yeah. I bought a camera. I'm not sure how to use it. <laughs> right. No. Um, we so we do that and we uh, sort of introduce ourselves or I introduce myself and um, show some work, talk about some work. They show some of their pictures ju- just so we get a rough idea of um, the level that they're they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday we go out and uh, cause mayhem mayhem on the uh, streets <laughs> of somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and then generally in the afternoon we come back review the work, um, and then Sunday we do the same thing. Saturday um, people are at a certain level. By Sunday they're at a slightly better level, if if all things go to plan. And and the focus of these is to demonstrate show teach street photography yeah i mean it's it's as, as well as you can it's to uh teach people about themselves how they are on the streets because i think this is one of the most important things um you know i mean obviously the the making of the photograph is something that com- is down to where you are and what's happening that day who passes you the luck all those kind of things the light um but the uh one of the things that i've found is that some people really stand out on the street and so it's kind of helping them to blend in um it sounds a cliche but to become invisible um you know from the from the clothes that you wear to the you know to the way you approach your subjects and and then talking about photography obviously and how to sort of make interesting photographs on the street and talking about you know yeah, I think I saw somewhere where you mentioned uh, about keeping your elbows in. <laughs> so there's like real practical things. Seri- yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's and it sounds stupid, but right. even to to sort of how low your your, your camera strap is. You know, if mm. you're a if you're a guy sort of looking nervous on the street, fiddling around with your sort of camera that's at crotch level. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> it's yeah. not a good look. Draws so, your atten- draws attention for the wrong reasons, right? Stuff like that. Yeah, so it's yeah. It's, it's kind of technical in a way what you're teaching, and it's so it's almost um behavioral and practical yeah what you're doing uh how much of it do you think is do you can you even teach a kind of creativity about it like that well one of the things that i find um a lot of people um have trouble with is uh and this is my kind of this my term is staying alive out there so you you go out into the street with no no theme no story no reportage all that kind of stuff um and so you you've got the big bad world out there and sometimes it can freak you out a bit because it's just so big so one of the first things that i do again it's practical is to is to just start saying okay start finding things that that you know you get excited by triggers things that you're interested in even if it's you know people running across the street take it if it's someone walking past you smoking a cigarette take it if it's someone you know brushing their hair take it and start looking at how people are and start responding to the things that you find interesting um and just pick them up along the way keep on taking them you know take that take that take that just to keep you in the game because if you start going out there looking for you know the decisive moment yeah, you, yeah. You, you, yeah. It's gonna. It's, <laughs> a, it's gonna take a long time, and you, you you're gonna get really sort of tired and and probably very depressed because you just it's just not gonna turn up. Especially if you you think you know what that looks like in your head ahead a- of time. Absolutely. So it's to sort of respond to things, little things that that um, keep you alive. I imagine the most people must be asking things about like 
how do I get people not to yell at me or the things that are impossible. So it's how do you get them to get past that moment of being worried about what's going to happen if they go out in the public and expose themselves, right? Exactly. And one of the first things that happens if you are nervous or if you do feel kind of worried about doing this is that you give off that vibe immediately. Right. And um, really getting people past that point and actually making them confident in themselves and confident in what they're doing uh, is one of the first things because as soon as you've got that, then you start to kind of blend in. Right. You know, the, the, the person that circles you and, and twitches uh, yeah. stands out a mile off. Now we're so good at decoding body language from others, you know, especially, I mean, you're doing this now in the big cities where if you're, well, maybe not Miami so much, people aren't walking around quite as much, but in New York, people are highly tuned to see someone like a block away that's slightly out of register, right? You're like, something's off about this person. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to pay attention to them as they walk past me, right? I mean, one of the things we, we, we speak to them about is just stop looking through your camera the whole time. Because, mm. uh, I mean, I've, I've, I see them on the street at, at the beginning of the, the workshops and they're all busy trying to look through the camera and work it all out, work it all out. Mm-hmm. And you see people walk around them, duck under them, and then mm. they are actually influencing the flow of the traffic, right. of the human traffic. So in order to just get around that, it's like, you know, think about the background, think about the type of people you're interested in and wait for them to come to you and then sh- shoot the picture. Don't just be looking through that camera the whole time because you're going to give give yourself off like, like, like well, you say, 30 yards down the road. They're becoming yeah. the spectacle. Completely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I often tell my students if if you believe and feel like you're imposing while you're photographing, then you probably are imposing <laughs> while you're photographing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Nice. And so you're doing these, you do those at least I know you've done them in California, you've done them, so you've done them over the United States, and do you do them back in England as well? Do them in England, do them in Europe. Um, yeah, kind of doing them quite a lot now, and it's something yeah. that I've, I've really, uh, I mean, I've, I've, I get a lot out of it. Mm. I enjoy it, and, and I put a lot of my energy into it now, mm. uh, more so than the commercial work that I used to do. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I'm sort of, I'm excited by the workshops, and I'm excited to go to different places and see different things. So it keeps me alive too. Do people get inspired by the fact that you do shoot film for your street work? And because I imagine a lot of them are showing up with digital cameras and all. Yeah. I, if well, to tell you the truth, for the workshops, I always use a, a digital camera. Oh, okay. It's just um, it helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can show people what I'm doing, and I can show people what I've done, or you know, right. show things through the live view. It just it helps. Mm-hmm. And and the workshops aren't about me really making mm-hmm. pictures. It's about me helping other people make pictures. Right. So it's um. Yeah, it's but like obviously, if you're a dating guru and you take some guys out to the bar, you're not picking up girls yourself. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Although if I was a dating guru, I would be picking up the girls. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that one. She's too, she, she's too good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's mine. Yeah. She's mine. <laughs> but then the, the other thing you're doing here is um, you're, you're on a book tour yeah. with all that life can afford, which is your... Is it your first monograph? It's my first monograph. It's um, uh, It was published in February, on the 1st of February. And by the 1st of March, um, I pretty much sold out, which was... Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. was amazing. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. It took me completely by surprise. Mm. Um, so I've been back to Verona and reprinted it. Those are coming in May. And I had about 50 left over, so I've... Uh, you know, been been doing those with the workshops. I also had a load that Leica took in um, from the first of February, so those have been being sold out here, which has been great because mm. um, having any books in America is a 
is a good thing. So. Well, you have you have a very uh, popular Instagram account, and uh, you posted many photos of the baby buggy filled with <laughs> filled with your books. <laughs> it's good to let your customers know that the book is on its way. Right, right. actually <laughs> shipping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, that that sort of made me laugh. I did it once, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this every time that I go down to the post office. And and the funny thing about um, you know pushing a bunch of parcels down to the post office uh, in a pram is that. On the way there, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's using the pram mm-hmm. as a um, sort of post trolley. Uh, but on the way back, mm-hmm. once you've delivered the parcels, <laughs> and it's empty. Then, yeah, you yeah. Look, then you look kind of weird. And get all those, <laughs> you get all those people looking at you like, oh, what a sweet man. He's pushing his child. Oh, there's no child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe he's forgotten something. He's a strange man. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to your babies tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's back. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, now, I know we're bound to get people commenting uh, on uh, Twitter and everything on our podcast when they listen to this that maybe we've, in a, an attempt to make our show more sophisticated, we've gone out and hired an actor with a British accent to play Matt Stewart. But no, in fact, you actually are from jolly old England, right? I am indeed. Yeah. yeah born and raised. Absolutely. Correct? Born in London. I don't have the uh, sort of the Cockney accent. I have a pretty yeah. sort of. You could probably do a better version than we could, though. Uh, <laughs> God, you wouldn't want to hear it. I, it would involve swearing, and I don't think the audience are ready for it. And I don't think they'd understand what I said anyway. Right. So. Well, well yes. thanks to Patrice Helmar, who you know, we had to put a mature rating on our podcast because yeah, so she swore away. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah she yeah. did. I'll, I'll try and, like a I'll, sailor. I'll, I'll try and keep away from it as much as I can. Uh, but so... Born and raised in in right outside of London or in London proper. Born and raised uh, near Wembley, which is where where the national stadium is. Um, right. I lived there till I was about twenty three. Then I moved into London um, proper. Moved to Shepherd's Bush with my best friend, and then to Pimlico, which is near Victoria. Uh, then to the Barbican, which is yeah. EC one. That's you know very central. Mm-hmm. And then now I live in a place called Kensal Rise, which is near Labrock Grove, not far from Notting Hill, but not the but same. Not, 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 yeah. not, not Notting Hill at yeah. all. No. So uh, all of those ideas of, you know, posh shops and, yeah. and, and Hugh Grant, that's well, not me. Yeah, that's, uh, it, it's worth mentioning Notting Hill if when you're talking to Americans, just so we can locate, you know, like, yeah, oh, oh, used bookstores. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Julia uh, Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah no, I get I it. Hanging around. I understand. Uh, well, I wasn't trying to derail entirely from the book, but I was getting to it because the book says that there are photographs all made in London from, was it 2002 to 2015, maybe? That's exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, unlike a lot of other people, you are working very centrally in London, which is, you know, a, a city that we don't get to see as much, certainly in that light, right? You know, there's, of course, all the touristy kind of images that we consume, just like the ones of New York that we see. But there's more of a history... Um, more of a recent history of seeing a lot of f- photographs of the streets of New York and less of the streets of London. I think all of the London photographs I can think of are more historical or, you know, um, of course, Tony Ray Jones and, you know, people who were, were working black and white decades ago rather than currently. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one interesting thing about just the book and the collection. Is, is it some? I, there's so many photography schools over there. There's so much happening in the photography scene in England in general. But... Um, we maybe don't get to consume it as much over here. A lot of it gets filtered. Um, so when you're out on the street photographing, is do you run into other people? Is it the kind of thing like here you could probably run into Jeff Mermelstein if you're on the certain streets at a certain hour? Does this happen in London as well? It does. It does, okay. actually. It's um, There's a, a really buzzing scene mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. I mean, I was uh, pre-internet when I started 
taking pictures on the street. Mm -hmm. Um, But subsequently, since the sort of digital revolution, you know, people using digital cameras, people posting pictures up on the internet, there's loads of people out there now. Mm. And it's a really, it's there's a good scene. It's a really positive, uh, you know, I see guys out there the whole time. You have to try not to speak to them all because you start missing shots. But (laughs) but it's uh, it's really it's a good scene. It's I would say that it's um, as happening as anywhere. I know it's it's funny. I travel a lot doing Mm. workshops and meeting photographers. I'm very um, sort of outgoing and I I enjoy meeting people. So I've travelled a lot recently. You know, America and Thailand and and London. I mean, London's got a scene. Thailand's got a scene. There's a lot Mm. of street photography going on in East Asia at the moment. It's a real Mm. boom. And uh, I find it, I mean, it's it's great. Uh, it's, it's sort of, suddenly it's picked up again. It's a real, uh, it's boom time for, for street photography sort of the world over, mainly because of, of the fact that it's so accessible. Yeah, and the, through the internet, it's so accessible to share, you mean, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You can see see what someone took in, you know, Thailand three minutes ago. Right. And that's just incredible. And, uh, of course, in Japan, too, it's like a huge thing in street photography in Japan and people... Uh, India shoot as well. Tokyo India, and all that India stuff. is really uh, yeah, in, India, India's, India's got right. a, a, a big thing going on there too. But so now you've been photographing on the streets of London for what thirteen years, and so now you decide well, or before 20, that twenty right, years, yeah, for this book, th- right? thirteen years in color. Ah, okay, so years in yeah, color. February. I kind of when I was going through the negatives, I found this note to self. I started shooting color film on February, you know, two thousand <laughs> whatever it was, uh-huh. thirteen years ago, and. Um, yeah, so s- since then it's only work shot in colour in London. But funnily mm. enough, London isn't really the isn't the the thing. It's mm. the people. It could mm-hmm. be anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, and it's what you have access to and what you're familiar exactly. with. It's just it's just the place. But right. the people are really the important thing. I think a lot of photographers that I know who work in this manner, where if they identify as a street photographer or whatever it is, they just they're going out the door and they're not sure what they're going to find. That they often are challenged when they're trying to make an edit or put something together because do you order it thematically? Like, oh, I'm looking back, like I know Lee Friedlander, for example, is looking back through decades and decades of work and realizes, oh, at one point I shot a lot of X, Y, or Z. I could now organize a book around those things and pull from photographs I made over the span of time, not thinking in mind of making a book about that subject, but now I've got it. And was what was the process for deciding? I mean, you're looking through all the color work. Was it a process of just saying, okay, I'm I can identify in the book that these are photographs just happen to be made in this time span, and this is an edit from then? Or were you trying to do it more along a theme of this is going to say something about this other thing? Well, I'd never done a book before, mm. and so I was a I was a book virgin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've met a, an extremely nice man called Stuart Smith, who's mm. a book designer. He does all of Elliot Erwitt's books and works mm. a lot with Martin Parr. So he's got a very good pedigree. Mm-hmm. And, and good last name, first name relationship between the two of you. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. If I mean, if we if we were to marry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> but uh, we got on like house on fire and... Um, he taught me a lot. I mean, I when I first met him, I turned up with 46 pictures and I said, mm. here's the book, just put them in order. Mm. And and he laughed and, <laughs> and, and said, why don't you go back and go through everything and come back to me with at least 300, but if mm. in an ideal world, 500 pictures. Um. And um, I probably came back with about 300 pictures. And he said, that's good. Now go back again. 
and look through the whole lot of your life mm. all over again. So that was a real wake-up call. And um, Would you say that that first 46 were the ones you consider like your iconic pictures or something, or like your best of the best of the best kind of thing? I don't know if I have any iconic pictures. But, <laughs> well, but, but, but was, it, was it sort of your idea that this is my portfolio? Yes, this is what I it was print. my portfolio. It was right. the ones that I'm uh, happy with and the ones that I felt were me. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so pleased that I met him because it would have been this. Uh, it would have been a book of of, of pictures that uh, stand alone, but there would have been no flow to the book, and right. there would have been no. Uh, it wouldn't have been a book. It would have been a. It would have been a. You know, Just a bound portfolio. Great, greatest hits. Yeah. And uh, so he really helped with that, and he taught me a lot about uh, you know the flow of a book and how book, how pictures should go together. All things that I'd never really had too much experience with Mm. i'm I'm one of those people also that doesn't sort of think i can i know everything i'm always Mm. first to put my hand up and say you know excuse me sir i don't understand what you're saying can you repeat that or at least let me know what's going on Mm. so i'm very open to to his suggestions so it was it was great working with him sounds good so then at that at the end of that process you guys got down to about 80 photographs right we got down to 80 Mm. and uh I mean, and I remember you told me just the other day that you were adding pictures as you went, like you and just about to the deadline. You're like, oh, yeah, here's a new one. This one has to get in there. (laughs) We'll we'll take this one out or this one's got to go in. right? Yeah, we finished it on the the night before we were going to print, Okay, which is uh, a little risky. Uh, I mean, that is true uh, because you I'll picture you. You're always craziest about the most recent thing you photographed. Of course, all the all the old ones are sort of dead anyway. They're like, (laughs) oh, go on, pull it out of its coffin, stick it in the book. Um, But yeah, and and I was shooting really, you know, seriously. And I, I mean, I shoot really seriously anyway all the time. But sort of manically shooting mm. to, up until the end of the book um, to get maybe one or two new pictures. Mm. You have to remind yourself you can have another book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm already, I mean, I'm already working on, on the next thing. So yeah. again, that going back to my initial thing, that is part of one of the challenges of working in that way is then, then what is the next book going to be 2015 to 2000 this or, you know, is it another concept entirely? Do you like, you know, start off with something else? I think like photographers like myself, and I know Michael, we tend to work more on projects. So it's right from the beginning, there's some sort of structure that you could like, okay, now this is done. But uh, when that's not at the off, at the, when you're starting off, when it's not there, then you have to have organized against around something else, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the the issue I had, it was not really an issue, but I never had a project at the beginning apart from just going out and taking the photographs. If right. I had been a little bit more smart, I, maybe I'd have given myself a few projects at the beginning and ha- mm. I ha- maybe have three books now. Yeah, maybe. But you start doing this. And for, for me, it's, it's really, um, it's the most difficult type of photography to do because you are just go- going out and exposing yourself to whatever may or may not happen. Mm. Um, there isn't a theme as such apart from like I said it's just they're just pictures of people taken in a place and and you have to hope that something turns up uh I mean the sort of work I'm I'm looking to do now is in the same vein but it will be more I will give myself some constraints I'm interested in doing pictures on various roads in London mm-hmm. uh, I'm interested in doing photographs in various communities in London mm. in the same vein but p- potentially putting my own spin on the area mm. including interiors or getting out, are always outside generally outside okay uh, i oh i'm open to anything but at the moment <laughs> the stuff that that i get interested by is is right. outside and uncontrollable you know not people that have been invited into a place but yeah. i'm there 
trying to capture people well outside i mean for instance at the moment i'm uh happy to tell you about what i'm up to i'm photographing around paddington which mm-hmm. um is I where the bear if, lives and exactly, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> I just follow him. I follow him most days. Yeah. 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 No, I, I said that because you gave me a look. You're, you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Attitude. he has no idea where that is. It's, an, it's a very interesting area, though, and um, it's, uh, it's it's being developed incredibly quickly. So uh, there's a big train station mm. there. There's also our biggest terrorist police station there. Mm. And it's also a, a very mi- multicultural, mixed com- community. Mm. Uh, but a, a, a lot of Muslim people live in, uh, in and around Paddington. Mm. So is it gentrifying and pushing Muslims out or gentrifying and Muslims? Uh, well, not necessarily, not, not even just Muslims, just gentrifying and pushing everyone, everyone out. out. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's the, you know, I, I go and photograph in Paddington and probably two or three times a day I get stopped by the police oh, wow. asking me what I'm up to. Yeah. But I, I'm almost, uh, yeah, that's you're, you're part wait, of it. Exactly, I'm, pick, waiting for I'm, it. I'm picking up the tickets <laughs> to add to the book. Right. And I just want to put my own um, kind of spin. Wait, wait, you get a ticket? Yeah, I get I get stopped under the terrorism act. You're kidding me! But is it a fine or is it a what is no? It, a but warning? it's a, it's um, it, I mean, wow. I'm I'm now uh, I've I've worked it out. You know, you just don't uh, you don't fight it. You just take it and go with it. Because as soon as you start right. fighting it, you it's the next level. I mean, it's serious proper serious police. But, um, but I, so just clarify: is do you have to pay money for this, or it's no, just no, like no. <laughs> no, okay? So it's it's like a ticket it, it, saying that we've they, they ha- I, we've they, identified you, we stopped you. They can do they can do checks on you. They can right. search your stuff. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's the long and boring um, thing, but they they really have to have uh, a suspicion of me being a terrorist in order right. to use this act. Mm. Uh, which obviously I'm I'm not a terrorist, but. Um, uh, to get into the argument with the police about what they can and cannot do, something oh, yeah. that I'm right. I'm right. no, I mean we, it's toned down a lot since September 11th. But I mean, right after, even, even as recently, and Michael, you must have had yes. this too. Michael was photographing bridges that all the bridges that connected to Manhattan, and I've been standing on a bridge, like a, a bridge, the Grand Street Bridge in the middle of nowhere, photographing from the bridge out towards some water, and a guy from the not the parks department, but just a guy from like Department of Environment. I forget. Like a right. basically a parks department guy yep. said, "Hey, you can't photograph from a bridge." I'm like, what? You, you come on! You're, but you can't get into that conversation. Yeah, just. No. I mean, for for at least two or three years after nine eleven, I got stopped every time I went out to photograph, and it was it was mostly, "Hey, what are you doing? What are you, you know? You can't you can't be over there. You can't do this. You can't do that." And usually, I, I was able to talk my way out of it because. Almost every police officer who pulled me over, who stopped me, was interested in photography. And they always wanted to know more about photography. And I heard stories about negatives in basements and uh, fathers who were photographers and all kinds of things. But, but I, I had a, a ridiculous stop, too, when I was, in, I was in a park near a cliff in the woods. And a park ranger stopped me and said, you can't photograph that cliff because it's too close to the highway. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just what take, can you say? Take it and move on. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, foiled. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I um I one of the things that has been useful is is photographing with film. Mm. And so mm. the guys say, you know, right. can we can you can we see what you've been shooting? And you say, well, I've just been shooting I, on film. Yeah. It's sort of pretty grainy. Um, <laughs> it's not good for record. You know, I can't so. delete them. No, I can't <laughs> delete them. Uh, you know, I'll put it into the lab and send you them next week. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I was down in uh, Tampa, Florida, photographing, and uh, I was photographing these bus stop benches. And there's this amazing bench, and it's going to be in in my book. It's the, it was this guy with a bolt right in his forehead for the way it appears on the bench. But in the background was just an innocuous kind of fence with some maybe some maybe some razor wire or something. I didn't really notice it. And uh, all of a sudden, it was happened to be near uh, McDill Air Force Base. All of a sudden, <laughs> Air Force Base showed up, local police showed up. And imagine trying to have a conversation telling him, no, I'm photographing this bench, the bus stop bench. Luckily, I had my iPhone with me with some of the other pictures I had already processed. And so I was like, see, look, I've been interested in this for a while. Nah, 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 nah. But yeah. you know, they, they kept me for about an hour just like, having this long conversation wow. and wow. you know this is a federal building and yeah da, 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 da. can i can i f uh, flip the interview and just ask you a little bit about your book how's, sure, it, all, how's sure. it all going it's going very well um the last thing i had to do the last thing i just changed was the dedication i had initially a different idea for the dedication but that flipped and um the, uh, the epigram also was torturing me and i picked one of your fellow countrymen ted hughes a uh, great poet uh, and i've got um there's there's some birds that fly through the book and sort of like the characters that take you through the city of Tampa. And he has so many great poems about crows and other things. And I really wanted part of one of his crow poems. So fingers crossed, I wrote to the the people that hold the estate to get permission to use five lines from yeah. one of his poems. I was going to say, you're not going to get a reply from him. No, not from him. Exactly. <laughs> or if I do, then it's a golden. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Try to stop me, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, everything is ready. It's in our, in production mode. So right. uh, when are you printing? We hope to print. Maybe the earliest would be July or September, but I'm hoping probably July. Great. Put my name on the list. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well. So th this has come up a, a few times uh, in previous podcasts, and and actually we spoke a, a little bit about SPQR. In our most recent episode with Giancarlo Roma, Giancarlo T. Roma, and uh, there there'll be four other photographers as well. Yeah, in this first round of books, uh, SPQR Editions is a little bit of a cooperative, but it's definitely uh, under the umbrella of uh, an effort that Thomas Roma and Anna Roma are doing. They've started this, and working with Marvin Ashino, they're going to be publishing a number of books. At least this is the first five, and then they sort of think they're going to do at least 50 so we'll see how it goes yeah and so uh i think what what we can do uh on the show is have a kind of pre-production roundtable the people involved in the production process and then after the books are published and we can have the photographers book on burning. as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh a group show would be amazing would do, it? do a group show i want to do a roundtable a roundtable yeah. would be fantastic yeah, yeah. Be <laughs> I, lo I love the idea of, uh, of you know six or seven people in this room sort of <laughs> yeah <laughs> ranting and, and raging i think i think that I, i'll definitely listen to that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but let's get back to um your book um i what i wanted to ask you was how you came up with your your name uh plague press ah yeah plague press uh well the so the the title uh all that life can afford comes from a samuel johnson quote dr mm. Johnson quote um, from you know hundreds of years ago, and it's uh, part of the famous "Tired of London, Tired of Life" quote. And one of the things that I started thinking about was, you know, well, actually the first thing I started thinking about was what dot coms are available. Ah yes, <laughs> yes, I know that well. Yes. And so uh, I did a little. I had a few names, and I started sort of plonking them into uh, various um, you know dot com registration sites and the, some of the ones that i really liked had gone mm. um you know streetphotography.com oh really what 
Damn. Shocking. <laughs> um, of but, course, it's not a street photographer's house. It's just someone who's sitting on that name, right? Uh, yeah, pro- I don't actually. I don't know. I think it's probably a website, but. Um, <laughs> I uh, I started thinking about, I mean, what I would really like to do, and I'm going to just, just see how I feel about the whole thing, first of all, but um, I'd like to start publishing other people's books mm. and also the and getting them out pretty much in the same way that I've done. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, you push them on social media, you stick them out yourself. And, and in that way, it's a slightly different publishing route mm-hmm. to the usual getting a you know someone to to publish the book for although I would be publishing a book for them but the the, the usual publishing route is to uh, get a publisher to print them for you and then they send them out they make the money and they give you next to a little bit nothing and, whatever. They, and they may have asked you for 20 or thirty thousand dollars up front to, uh, that exa- and yeah. that can happen too so and um, what I would like to do um is to find books that I would, you know, like to see myself, find photographers I'd like to see myself and, and publish those books for them. Uh, in editions of a thousand, have a hundred limited editions, which you can sell for more than the regular thousand, which can help you make some of the money back from the printing. In fact, actually which covers... Which you've done for your book. Exactly. It covers the printing cost and then the rest is is profit. Mm. Um, and oh, but, but back to your question, Plague Press, uh, you know, sp- spreading, <laughs> spreading the disease, yeah. and uh, I and you know rats come from the street and uh, all those all those things really. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's where it comes from. So you've you had the now the edit together. Uh, when did you approach uh, Jeff Dyer? Oh well, if I'm honest, Jeff Dyer approached me. Oh, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a friend mm-hmm. and uh, he's a good friend, and he said, you know make sure you get me to write the the essay for oh, the book hard to beat that he said i'll be pissed off if anyone else does it nice nice so i'm i was very happy about that and yeah. uh, he's a very very kind man didn't charge me a penny for the essay he said it was the first essay he's ever written that he hasn't charged a penny for <laughs> and probably the last essay that he's ever <laughs> 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 but no he's he's yeah. a good guy so um i was i was very honored and touched for him to say that so Let's go back in time a little bit. You you mentioned that you made this, and it sounded like a very kind of definitive switch from black and white to color. Uh, how long were you shooting black and white for? Shooting black and white since 1996, when I first started, you know, got the, the Bresson bug, got the Robert Frank bug, you know, saw all the greats and the goods, and they're all shooting black and white, and obviously went out there with my Tri-X and shot lots of black and white. Was doing that till about doing that seriously till about 2001 2002 and then i discovered a photographer in australia called trent park mm. uh, who you may or may not know but anyway oh, yeah. uh, yeah. as opposed to being inspired by his work he completely depressed me because mm. <laughs> the work was so good i couldn't see past it huh. and uh, i mean his black and white work was so good and we became really good friends and um but i just started you know kind of I had a, a Trent Park filter mm. on everything that I shot in black and white and uh, mm. I realized pretty quickly like this is going nowhere this up. is going yeah. nowhere I'm just I'm you know <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be mini Trent right. and that, there's no point doing that so I just started no, shooting no, no. color he's in Australia yeah. I'm well, in <laughs> I, I had a similar experience with Martin Parr oh, I, right. I was, and and it was all you know of course all the flash photography in it, and I did that for about two years it was and, and it had just happened to be a, a time when I was a uh, 
also photographing in, in the Middle East. And so it was desert and it was bright and there were, you know, uh, uh, desert beaches and things. And so I was making Martin Parr photographs everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's one of those things that we all do, especially when you start out, you start, you know, getting it. Initially, you're very sort of pure. You, you just go out and shoot whatever. And those are the really I think those are the, the great months or years or whatever. And then you start seeing other work and then you get more and more into it and then you start getting affected by what you see and influenced. And, and then you, you, so you have a, a, mimic, a mimic stage of your, mm-hmm. your, your, your learning and then you have to drop the cloak and, and be yourself. And I realized, realized pretty quickly that I'm not a dark brooding mm. you know, <laughs> character. I'm, I'm more upbeat and, and more, more of a, you know, I'm, I guess I'm, witty or yeah you, you, I'm, I'm, you I have described a, your work as being sort of witty and humorous and yeah in that way right? but but i also if i'm honest when i'm actually taking the work i don't think of it as funny i'm usually thinking of it oh god that guy's doing this Ooh. Mm. but i have a a sunny a, a sunny outlook and so some people see it's funny some people see it as a little bit off kilter mm. um I don't go out there intentionally to shoot witty pictures at all. And but you've also described, uh, uh, mentioned some of your influences, Lee Friedlander, Henri Cartier-Bresson, and, and those those photographs have a wit to them as well. They do, right? they do, yeah. And, and particularly, um, you know, Bresson, when I first saw that work, I was, you know, the surreal, the the wit, uh, and then even more nowadays, Friedlander, I'm, you know, very much, uh, you know, very much a fan of his work. I, I remember getting the uh, the the yellow catalogue. Brought back from MoMA for me mm. um, as soon as it had been printed. I was just like, I had a friend out in New York. I was like, this is a big ask, you know, <laughs> however many kilo book, <laughs> yeah. stick it in your luggage for me. Yeah. And uh, he did, which was which which was very kind. Nice. But you know, we were talking earlier about um, you know going out and not knowing what's going to happen. But there is a thread through your work, or at least the work that you publish. I mean, I'm not sure what else. You're photographing, but when you look through your website and um, look through the book, you're going to see that there is, like you said, it's there is a, a bit of a lightness or there's a role for humor or at least uh, not visual puns. There are some maybe, but visual gags, like a little bit of that kind of mm-hmm. un- uncanny juxtaposition, which leads to when the viewer gets it, yep. that you're going to have a, you know, a smile or something, or you're going to, you're going to ha- appreciate something else because of it. And I actually really, at this point in time, it's horrible to use uh, that term, the Cartier-Bresson term of uh, the decisive moment, because no one really knows what it means anymore. And it's just come down to hitting the button at the right time where something unexpected is about to happen or something, which I think is, is useless to talk about. But there is a sense in the photographs that, and this is what I try to tell my students too, is that when you look at the photograph, you should be so happy or or aware of the fact that the person's giving you like an elevated uh, observation that the the photograph is being made at a certain time, the camera was in a certain place, and only right then and there would this exist. Otherwise, it's a little more flaccid. You know, it's like oh, okay, there you point the camera at something that's not moving. There's nothing exciting happening on the edges of the borders. It's just sort of a flat document, right? And so your photographs do have this. I think the common theme is. Humor is one way of putting it, or I'd say this, the, you know, like a little bit of the visual gag that gets that gets carried through. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what one of the things that my well, my father's a graphic designer, but he was a he did a, a book called A Smile in the Mind, mm. which is witty thinking in graphic design. Okay, and uh, he's been obviously an influence on me throughout my life. But one of the things that he describes uh, this type of photograph as is is a, is a, or this type of 
design as is is um, engage and reward so yeah. initially it engages you and you look at it and you and then you may find something in it that just you know raises your shoulder a bit or mm. makes you know pricks your awareness um and that that is the type of work that for me i i can't just photograph people walking at me down the street um you know because i may as well just be google street view which, yeah. will, which will do a way better job well i think that is the da- that is the weakness of a lot of this new found aware you know thing of street photography is a lot of the stuff people post just merely happens to be a crowd of people walking towards you yep. and maybe none of them are looking into the camera so yep. you're like oh wow you you did it. You know, you, you got out into the world. And <laughs> no one looked at you. Yeah. And this person happens to be chewing gum and this person's taking a drink and this other person's adjusting their glasses. So it's like, you know, hear no evil, see no evil. And it's all in yeah. one frame. But yeah. there's not much else going on. And as on. soon as you have to explain it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not working as a picture, I don't right, think. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm keen for them to each be, have something about them or have some form of uh, extra. Uh, I, you know, one of the best things people ever say is, oh, you set this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I'm like, you know, uh, well, thanks. You know, you don't mm. believe it? That's great. That's the best compliment you can make. Right. Uh, and I do like pictures that are not that my I would consider my pictures unbelievable, but unbelievable, unbelievable pictures. Mm-hmm. Great. Take yeah. that. There is that suspension of disbelief that has to happen, right? It's like, yeah. well, wait a minute, you know, how and, how's that happen? Yeah, What's how, going? How on did here? you just happen to get this exactly yeah. at the moment this other yeah. thing happened? And, you know, and, and what I tell my students who we teach on the workshops is really the 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 one thing that we cannot teach them and that they cannot buy is time mm-hmm. and time is the key to it you just have to keep going out there you keep have i will also say you have to be extremely positive you can't go out there thinking nothing's going to happen because mm-hmm. nothing will happen that that's the intangible i was very clumsily trying to get to before i was asking about how you teach this yeah mm-hmm. that's great i'm glad you said that yeah i mean I, and i really and it's it's funny more and more now over the the workshops that I do, people look at how I shoot and I can get extremely close to people and take many photographs of people and move on. And it's almost about thinking, I'm good. You know, I'm good as a person. I'm good as a, I'm only interested in them because I, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm excited or I love them or, you know, I'm, I'm interested in them in a positive way. Right. And I'm taking something from them and then I'm going to leave. And I'm so confident that I'm not doing anything bad. You know, right. I just keep on say, telling them, be good, just be good, yeah. be good. Don't twitch around them. Don't sneak. Don't hide. Don't sniffle. Don't, yeah. you know, just be good. And no one, no one notices you. Mm. And I think that's um, that. But that's also a great thing about street photography or whatever we, we want to call it is, you know, being close to strangers and being int- interested in strangers, whether it's because you you know feel sorry for them, because you, you're interested in how they look or how they're acting or what they're doing or, how, you know, to be that. Um, into people mm. and, and it's a privilege for a start but just to to, to be there and experience them um, without um, you know engaging um, but just to be extremely close to them mm. um, is why I keep coming back to it uh, I really you know with no other no other agenda just mm-hmm. I'm interested in you and yeah, I'm, people can immediately sense sense that you know, sense yeah. it, smell it if they if they think you're you know, out to do some damage, right? Absolutely. And I think anyone who's 
probably speaks to you even for the first 10 or 15 seconds. You know, you've got a smile on your face, you know, you're wrinkling up your eyes and laughing. And it's, so you're yeah. you're engaging with them in a positive way on top of everything else. So there's not this assumption that you're creeping on them or something no. like that, right? And, unless it's the police, in which case I'm probably, <laughs> right. probably yeah, a yeah. terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we have it on tape. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that's me Let's done. edit. Let's yeah, edit. Paddington Project over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute! You think you're going to get through TSA? You're, you're, you're here for an hour. You got to get home. Next stop, Guan. How's the Guantanamo project looking? Yeah, yeah. if you could just delay the, putting this up for about a week, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah, but uh, it still ties in. Like, I don't want to beat the humor thing to death, but uh, you know, even your website. When you get to your website, it's you know, Matt Stewart shoots people. Yeah. And so, boom, <laughs> you hit it right over the head right from the beginning, yeah, right? Absolutely. So. One, one of the things about the book, actually, is that I didn't want it to be um, over, an overly witty designed book I, mm. I wanted it to be pretty straight because mm. the pictures in places are witty or they have that you know double take or they they're slightly surreal and then to overpackage it by having some kind of extra like ha 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 right. book design um, thing yeah. it, then, then it's just too much um f- funny you talking about the Matt Stewart shoots people card I had to give um, my ID to the policeman the other day at Paddington <laughs> and I <laughs> that was the only ID I had <laughs> may as well throw me in the prison chuck away the key yeah exactly <laughs> so you're a hired gunman yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm gonna have have to speak to the designers about that one I think. yeah yeah where's the sniper case <laughs> yikes well, we were we were heading heading back. Guy, did you did you have more on the nope. book? Or? Nope. Okay, we were heading back in time a little bit, and you said your your father was a graphic designer. How about your mother? My mother was um, uh, well, she actually used to work. She worked uh, for the Sports Channel um, years ago. Uh, famously hit by Arnold Palmer's golf ball. Oh, nice. live on TV. <laughs> Oh. And, Is that on uh, YouTube? Uh, it, well, that's the thing. It's I, I expect he hit a lot of people along the way. I've, yeah. tried, I've tried looking for it, mm. but um, uh, and she well, she's been uh, she's worked with my dad. She's you know wor- worked at the uh, at the company that he set up, and and has also been a absolutely amazing mother along the way, which is probably one of the hardest jobs that that anyone can do, mm. especially with given uh, the uh, with rat yeah. bags like me. Mm. Uh, yeah, she. I was a I was a pretty tough um teenager you had mm. siblings only child or? i have a I have a brother mm-hmm. adam uh i was a skate- he like a doctor or a lawyer or something <laughs> <laughs> kind of i mean i i was the skateboarder he was the golfer oh. so that's our sort of yeah, yeah i went to state school he went to private school gotcha uh but I, i'm pleased with my with everything that happened to me as i grew up i i wouldn't change any of it i'm happy to have been the skateboarder i'm happy to have gone to state school i'm happy to have had the the route that i've ended up you know taking uh, I've, every day I'm, uh, you know, wake up and realize I'm a photographer, and I go wandering around with the camera and or teach people about photography. I'm, you know, blessed. So when did you pick up the camera? Picked up the camera um, when I was 17. I picked up the camera briefly when I was um, trying to do college, uh, but I was only at college for a brief amount of time. It coincided with my interest, one of my big interests in uh, marijuana. And uh, so the college career was mainly spent at, ele- at eleven o'clock in the morning. We would go into a friend's car in the car park, and uh, and uh, so uh, from night from nine to eleven, I I, w- I was good. And then after that, we didn't really learn much. Um, it was it was an interesting course. It was media sort of a media related course, but we we would have to watch films in the morning. 
Mm. Uh, so and they would start at about eleven. So you'd you'd, you'd have the have the break at eleven, come back in and watch Reservoir Dogs stoned. <laughs> oh, uh, so you know it was it was pretty fun. But my obviously you have to do the homework along the way, and and I think after about four months, I was uh, politely mm. asked to yeah. maybe yeah get a get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Or move to Amsterdam, something like that. Right. Well, yeah. I, well, I, I'm, I'm actually. I'm. Yeah, it was only a phase. I, I didn't really ever stick with it, and I don't condone it in any way. By the way, just for the just for, for when our, the authorities our, our are listening. Our children in. listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is this is a career-ending <laughs> interview. Yeah. Um, but, well, thanks, Matt, for being on. Uh, <laughs> yes, a <our> stone terrorist. <laughs> anyway, and then um. Uh, when did you get into commercial work? Uh, commercial work, uh, I was introduced to a photographer who I assisted for three years, which was oh. great. And um, I was his third assistant, which is a pretty a sort of mediocre uh, assistant. The third one. Oh, third. third. He had three. Yeah, oh, he had okay. three. But he was extremely busy, commercial so you photographer. you must have been good at carrying heavy cases. Making No, making sandwiches at lunchtime. Oh, wow. Cleaning the toilet. Oh, wow. Um, taking delivery of... You know, whatever, whatever, <laughs> dropping off his negatives a lot. You know, that was it was pre digital, it was delivering the jobs, uh, and that gave me an opportunity to be out on the tubes with my camera taking pictures. And that's really where I kind of got into the street photography seriously. Um, but we traveled a lot, we traveled the world. He was an extremely successful commercial photographer. He's now um, actually stopped doing commercial work. He's a sort of art photographer now, very good one. His name's Marcus Lyon, L-Y-O-N. And, um, but yeah, for three years, working every day, doing all sorts of different things. So I got a really good feel for that type of work. And then I went on to do commercial work to get me by. And um, I mean, it's a, uh, and especially during the time I was doing it, it was reasonably lucrative. Mm. Uh, this was pre-dot-com uh, crash and right. pre-2008. Uh, post two thousand and eight, slightly slightly more tricky. Mm. Um, and uh, if I'm honest, I'm I'm quite happy with the route that I'm taking now. It feels more more me, you know, working for the banks. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not such a great. Uh, you can, paid the bills. <laughs> I paid the bills, and and you could send them a, a letter if they hadn't paid you in thirty days, saying you go charge interest just like they do. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. that was quite fun. Turn the tables. Uh, absolutely. But um, no, I'm 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 enjoying the new the the new me at the mm. moment, which I've been doing for the last couple of years. Are, are your parents still with us? Yeah, yeah. they m- most certainly are. They, uh, they, I hope they don't listen to this uh, interview or this uh, these revelations. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I think no, they might know. No, I, think, I think they do. I, yeah. think, I think it's going to be no uh, new. Well, how, news they, how do they feel about the new you? Uh, no, new 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 me. They're feeling good. Uh, I've got a lovely uh, fiance and two kids, and um, they're extremely yeah proud and pleased about the whole thing. They love the book. Mm. So yeah, so you know, I've gone from sort of. Yeah, like I say, rat bag to uh, golden golden boy. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in their good books. And uh, what's the golfer doing? The golfer, he works. He's doing really. He's doing well. He works in a sports marketing company, but it's quite an interesting company. It's run by ex Olympic athletes, hmm. and the Olympians go in and motivate businesses, and hmm. he does that. He, I mean, he still plays a mean round of golf. So what they tend to do, like every week, he's is, like you know, the ringer. Well, he, well, you know, they. they they say we're all going to go out for a row. Do you want to come? And like he has to go rowing with you know ex Olympic oh, 
yeah, athletes. Right. Yeah. And that's pretty tiring. So he lo- obviously doesn't do too well with that or they go for a jog with ex-Olympic uh-huh. athletes. But then every jog. now and then they go play around a golf and he, and he gets his revenge. He, <laughs> he kicks ass. Yeah, and, he really does well. And, yeah. and a lot of ex-athletes love to play golf, right? They do. Yeah. Plus but, they can gamble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so absolutely. maybe he can make some money back. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but no, he, he really does play good golf. I remember when he was 10, he won the um, local golf championship hmm. um but it was all ages and wow. uh mm. he, right. he was uh, no, it was in harrow which is there's a school there and you know quite a well-to-do school and mm. and I, I remember him telling me you know i used to win the game and obviously you know dad would ask me to shake everyone's hand and some of these men wouldn't shake my hand mm. Um, yeah. because they just crucified, you know, <laughs> yeah. crucified that they'd been beaten by a 10 year old. Right. So he was, he was, <laughs> he was good. You me- oh, oh go ahead. sorry. Yeah. You mentioned in passing really quickly, the, the skating. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I think there's just, uh, I figured it out earlier. There's like only three or four years between us and ages. Mm-hmm. And I read on another interview that you, uh, well, you mentioned uh, Back to the Future, but you very quickly got to Bones Brigade. Oh, yeah. And when I mean, when I was in high school, that was it. You know, Powell Peralta, watching those Bones Brigade videos, uh, you know, people tagging, uh, have you seen him everywhere? I mean, Animal all that. Chin. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Animal Chin. So you, I, I think in the past interviews where people talked about it, there was this assumption that there'd be a relationship between skating being on the street being out in the world you know looking for places to do tricks and stuff in, in out in the world but um and i'm sure there is a connection to that as far as just like enjoying being outside in the urban environment and and looking at things but for me when you skated you also were you were outside of society a little bit right like now it's a little more mainstream but it certainly when we were skating back then it was you know skateboarding is not a crime stickers everywhere yep. and uh and and there weren't pe- skate parks, right? Yeah, there weren't skate parks, and people looked at you differently too, like yeah, almost as if you were destroying you're something. Stu- you're destroying stuff, and there was a chance that the police would stop you and talk to you about what you were doing, like at in the pool at of the abandoned motel and all of that, right? So, I, I think it also takes you out of the mainstream of society and makes you like look at things differently. Of course, you're looking for oh, that might be an interesting place to do something, you know, do a trick or do this or whatever, mm-hmm. but it also you become part of a you know counterculture in a way just by Completely. skating and you know there's being an artist and a photographer out in the world is a countercultural type of thing even if you're looking closely at what's going on you're you're still out of the the main flow because you're looking and observing and you're thinking you know in this meta state about what's going on around you right absolutely yeah, yeah. i mean and and the, the skateboarding was great because the one thing it it really did and one of the things that i it was my sort of it was my high school really skateboarding mm. was it would put kids from all walks of life together mm-hmm. we we used to skate with um you know extremely rich kids from the uh, the american um uh, air force base mm. who you know had been stationed over there and so american kids and then right. and then there'd be you know people like myself or friends from the other side of london and then there'd be really poor kids or you know kids who get drunk at the age of 14 you know mm. kids from from who have have problems but the 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 one thing the one current you know con- continual theme running through the whole thing was we're skateboarding um we're stoked for you to make that trick we're stoked to go here we you know that's rad mm. that was amazing there was no hierarchy. It was just with skateboarding, and this is right. 
uh, you know, it was a real, a, a great um, way to be open to every type of person. You know, every type of every we had everyone in in, in that kind of counterculture yeah uh, but i do remember the the bones brigade stuff very fondly it was one of the first you know real i guess it's a sort of a, a bro my first proper bromance uh, was uh, uh, they came over a few years after that you know oh. tony, tony hawk lance oh, mountain yeah. steve caballero mm. uh, tommy guerrero mm. and uh, just to see these heroes you know future primitive in particular was a really mm. great film i think animal chin was uh, stacy peralta going slightly yeah, yeah. Uh, going wacky, there, going wacky. but then after that it was ray barbie it was a band this it was mm. matt hensley with the eight street videos i don't know if you remember them. i don't remember i don't think i saw those when where i was living was in the mountains of north carolina where we like there was not much even concrete to go on but mm -hmm. we would just go around town all the time and we lived on uh trans world skateboarding and thrasher and so it was everything to you know we we didn't get to even see this of course you didn't have youtube or anything we we only looking at the tricks and in, in those yeah. magazines and trying to imagine like how the hell are they doing this yeah. you know? all take all taken on transparency film mm. or sequences right. so they had yeah. to make they had to make the trick that go otherwise you know if you don't do it in three goes the photographer yeah. starts saying right that's a roll yeah, that's one role that's yep. cost me however much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and Transworld, I, I remember, you know, I think it was Sturt was one of the photographers. Mm. I can't remember. Um, but Thrasher as well. I mean, some of the sequences and, and, and even the, the way they were photographed, you know, with the flash. Yeah, and yeah. They look so great. Absolutely. Uh, incredible work. Incredible yeah. work. Transworld was almost like a fashion magazine at Absolutely. one point. It was like the production quality Absolutely. was insane. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's funny. It's you know. It's always been Thrasher and Transworld, Thrasher and Transworld. I think yeah. actually Thrasher is probably the has the street cred at the moment. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've got, I kind of got a feeling for it that it does. Ever since it's gone online and they're sort of pushing the videos more. Mm. And um, but it, yeah, I mean, skateboarding was a major, major part of my life. It was every every single day obsessing over tricks that hadn't been invented at that time, or mm. you'd seen it once and. And then you were going to try and make stuff yourself. Mm. Um, so it was a really, it was an extremely creative time. As everyone said before, I'm sure it did tie in in other ways to just like being out there in the world and thinking about. Like like you say, skateboarding is a little bit more mainstream now. Um, it's funny, I, I half feel like the photography is going more underground, especially the street photography. It's being mm. banned in, or, oh, not, yeah. or outlawed in various places. It's tricky in Germany. It's tricky Paris, in um, right. Hungary. Oh, Hungary um, too. I Hungary think. is completely illegal. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, but it's uh, it's nice to sort of walk that line. Well, I was going to ask this, but you actually mentioned it. You know, seeing the um, the the baby carriage and your books and all, and, and you mentioned you have two kids and a, a fiance, and you know, uh, often uh, at, at that point of a photographer's life, they're looking for the more secure job and the <laughs> with the benefits and all, and you're kind of going in the in, in another direction of a more you know street photographer life, freelance life, uh, um, book pub self publishing books things like that how is that sort of decision been like how well you know what when i was doing the commercial work i would earn however much i would earn every year and at the end of every year i would have nothing and now i'm not doing the commercial work and i'm doing this and i would have however much i have throughout the whole year and at the end of the year i have nothing so it doesn't make any difference at the end of every year i have nothing balanced ledger <laughs> so right. yeah so uh, i mean i maybe i have a few less uh, you know designer jumpers mm. or designer pullovers or whatever but that's right. it so there's no there's not really much difference and uh, you just learn to live to to to, to what you can afford to live to mm -hmm. and um 
yeah. I mean, uh, film costs a lot. That's that's my that's my crack habit, <laughs> and I'm finding that more and more tricky. And it's going up more and more in price. Fuji have just put the films film up again. Oh uh, yeah. And you're like, come on, guys, give <laughs> us a break. We know you want to kill it, but just give us a break. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm pretty much addicted to that process. Um, you know, if I take a photograph on my digital camera I'm kind of a good photograph on my digital camera I'm kind of bummed mm. uh, where it's like oh, 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 just love to have had that on film I'd transfer it to film yeah <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah but um, that yeah. reminds me of uh, there's an interview with Sally Mann where she talked about all of the regrets she had of photographs she didn't make with her 8x10 camera because she's like, I was like, oh, at one point I got a little lazy and I would just like take it with the 35 or whatever. And later I'd be like, why didn't I set up the 8x10? You know, that's her equivalent of absolutely why yeah. didn't she do it More the my, real way? You know my, what I mean? Like, my, my, my biggest nightmare now is taking something good on the iPhone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that segues actually into something I want to talk about that I think you're you're doing a great job of, which is... And we, we hinted at it as the social media aspect of it. And I do know photographers who post a lot of finished looking, whatever that means, photographs on their Instagram account that are you know, often like either black and white and like super tweaked. So they're like the most beautiful, like crazy looking black and white photograph made with their iPhone. And, you know, I, I wonder now how that's potentially taking away from other work they're making because it's there's this real satisfaction there they put it up and they're getting all these likes and everything but they are just just and i'll use that word iphone photographs and um from you seem to be more of a balance of you know getting your the humor and your personality across in the things that you're doing and like a lot of times little short videos of you scooting around and doing stuff and then and then sharing work as well so it's Mm -hmm. it's much more than just an online portfolio it's you know a way of people to uh get access to you and have conversations and we we were just in a bar on thursday night where there are a bunch of people there who you mostly knew through this virtual connection right half of them i'd never met before right exactly so you're and we should also mention the story of uh that this the book and selling the book wasn't the first thing you you had a, a sale around christmas time of prints that you published through instagram too and sold all of those out so there you're building an audience again and and not in the manner of oh i'll go find a gallery and they will promote me and do all this other thing mm-hmm. but taking it to the street as it were i have to be honest i have a bit of a problem with the whole gallery thing yeah i mean probably shoot myself in the foot now but no, no <laughs> well, we've not... killed everything else yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so sorry about Fuck this gallery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but i you know i i i don't like the idea of selling um photographs for a great deal of money mm-hmm. uh i like the idea that you know a kid at college can save up a certain amount of money and buy print from me mm-hmm. or uh yeah i just like i like and i'm not going to use the word democratic because that's ugh. but mm. i like um the idea that anyone can buy a print um they're not editioned they're signed they're proper prints and they're not too expensive uh and i like that and i like sharing stuff on my social media things i like promoting my friends work i like you know mm connecting people i um i'm not just going to put all of my best pictures on my instagram so that i look great i'm going to show i'm going to show other people's books i'm going to show you know places i've been things i'm doing um people i've been with and when i go to you know when i'm lucky enough to travel to places like here you know new york or miami 
I always try and fish out the the you know the local photographers who, who you know I've heard heard about or mm. who are doing some good work. You know, I've met a great guy on this trip, trip Aaron Aaron Berger, and um, you know, twenty six years old. He's out there every day shooting every single day. He's you know I feed off that. God, he's mm. got energy. Great, let's, let's hook up, and then mm. we we talk about photography seriously and what we're in. He's in, into what I'm interested in. Great, mm. let's let's talk. You know, I feed off it. Um, you should check out his stuff. Everyone should check out his stuff. He's going to be something. What's the name again? Aaron, and it's Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R. Okay. You know, we can, we'll post uh, links to things mentioned in the in the show as well. So, yeah, no, yeah. he's great. And um, uh, Joseph Michael Lopez, I met him the other night, and oh, yeah. uh, great guy. Um, you know, a whole team of people. Um, Todd Gross, uh, his, uh, I think he's Qualo on Instagram. But all these guys are doing it every day and mm. just, you know, just doing it because they have to do it. And yeah. uh, and so to connect with these, you know, other crazies all over the world is uh, is 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 fantastic. Well, one reason that a lot of people give when we do the interviews for the graduate program is people are also looking for a community of like-minded folks, right? And you know, maybe more mainstream art world that has a lot to do with the MFA program. You know, when you're out doing it yourself and rolling your own way of doing it, and uh, you know, you didn't. We haven't asked you about, oh, what school of photography did you go to or anything like that? So you're out there and now you want to build a community. How can you do that? How can you not be like uh, my little friends of skateboarders looking at Thrasher magazine in a tiny little town, but never meeting anyone who knew how to really do any of those tricks, right? So how do you build that community? And the internet is one way of actually doing it. It's not just to self-promote or put stuff out there, but to actually find a community and yeah. find a like-minded folks. Yeah, well, you f- and it's funny. The internet's amazing. You you start seeing different people's personalities, and you know you get all these groups of people together, and you start working out what people are about. Some people are big self-promoters, and mm. hey, you, you do have to promote things. You know, I have to promote my book, um, yeah. but I'm not going to you know whip you with it every day right um some people are really negative on social media and just want to bring everyone down what just, right yeah <laughs> negative on social that? media yeah, absolutely yeah. in my country anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it must only be there <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah and and uh, you start seeing those guys and or girls or whatever and you're like wow she's you know avoid them but really my uh, the way i use it is to pass on information try to get people inspired or stoked generally about street photography or skateboarding mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and 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 try to connect people get together and it's like what else is life about really mm. you know yeah not trolling, not trolling. <laughs> no not trolling <laughs> not, not trolling, not trolling all that stuff and just trying to upset people i put it down to chemistry i'm sure these people are sort of have too much testosterone mm-hmm. or something. so is new york the last leg of your trip uh well I mean, I'm just having a crazy year. It's mm-hmm. um I'm going potentially I'm going off to Poland. I've got a show in Poland. I've been asked by Eric Kessels to be involved in a show that he's um putting up in Arles, which is quite a big deal for me. Uh, I, he's a you know a guy that I I've, I've always looked up to. He's just got a new book out i can't remember what exactly it's called but it's something like fabulous failures of which i'm one Ah. and um (laughs) which kind of makes sense and um uh then potentially more workshops i'm going to go to the miami street photography festival in december uh, which i've been asked to be a part of which is um real privilege i'm yeah and i'm just going to be you know doing what i do keep keep shooting keep getting out there keep 
you know, trying to motivate people and, you know, meet new people and, and keep doing this stuff and obviously trying to put food in my kids' mouths. Yeah. <laughs> and now you just were on press getting the second edition of your book printed. When is that going to be in the Perambulator? That's going to be out in May. Um, and uh, actually, I moved a couple of pages around. I didn't take oh, any. I didn't take uh, any pages oh. out. But I had that like I had that sort of retrospective. Mm, maybe that would be better there. So I did that, and um, which I'm pleased so I did. So for the completest, they have to get both editions. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Well, actually, I, I was advised not to change the cover color and thing like that and because uh, there is another edition right with a, a print that yeah that's that uh, there's an edition of a hundred that oh, went, okay that went pretty quickly oh um, okay and that really did help to pay for the for the print great of the whole whole thing and the second edition you're also doing that doing right? another one yeah, yeah. and with I, a different print with a different print um, yeah, see so you have uh, to buy both you have yeah. to get all four <laughs> books <laughs> you know what it's probably just going to be my mum buying all these books uh, but no no we, um, we 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 did that and it was fun and, and, and actually it was interesting tweaking some of the you know the colours and things like that on the second print you kind of mm -hmm. go back and go oh yeah. didn't quite get it right there and just bring that up a bit mm -hmm. um, so did that that was fun didn't take any pictures out, just moved them around. Um, I think if you start taking pictures out, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not that so, draws attention to right. itself. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what so was we, wrong with that first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we did that, and um, and that will be coming through in May, I hope. Uh, I mean, we went to we printed it in Verona, EBS, which is such a oh, wow. great place to to print books. Mm -hmm. Save. I mean, you, the, the the designer Stuart said, you know, we could have printed this in in England and you know South London, but you know, really, you know, after you come off press for twelve hours, you, you, what do you want to do? You Where do you want to be? Yeah, you want you want to go to Burger King, or do you want to go? <laughs> do you want to get you know fresh pasta? Right. And, you know. Um, so we, uh, it's a great place to go, and lovely guys there. I mean, real, you know almost artists in printing and um and all you know the rooms you go and sit in this room and you're just surrounded by the great and the good all of their all mm. printed their books there you know, that's one of the nice things of going on press is to go through the when you're sitting in that room and they have all the examples around you're just like oh my god they printed this here too and you yeah. start looking around yeah. and yeah. yeah he was there last week oh, oh my yeah. god right and he was there the week before yeah <laughs> and uh so that was fun and uh yeah, it's a great place to go and, and I, I recommend it if you ever get the chance uh, it's a good place to go and print your book well the, the book it looks fantastic and congratulations on the success of it Thank and you. you know anytime you want to uh promote something or you know drop us a line uh, give us a phone call we can you know, skype you well, in on something definitely and, definitely yeah. got a few people out there that i could um point you in in the right direction oh, that'd be great you too. Know, yeah. a lot of a lot of um yeah, I don't don't want to make make it a, a street photography bias <laughs> podcast, but yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people out there that 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 really uh, should be spoken about. There's a lot of b really great work being made, and um, that would be awesome. So yeah, you'll I'll put you on the spam list. Okay, yeah, excellent. <laughs> Thanks. Excellent. Well, thank thank you very much. Thank you guys. It's yeah. been it's been great. I love it here. In fact, yeah, let's uh, d let's do it again tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you very much, Matt. Cheers. Thank <laughs> you, Bye, guys. Everyone.